Welcome back to the Christ in Culture, the show where we discuss culture as a means of evangelization by finding elements of Christ and his church revealed within. This is Clint. And this is Steve. Welcome back, Steve. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Uh, even fits through a camera. Yeah. So I literally just minutes ago came from confession and it was kind of crazy. I got there pretty early. Uh, I left work early to make sure I got there. And I think by the time I left, there were at least 50 people in line for confession with only one priest. So I felt kind of bad. I was like, I need to get through. Like, fortunately, it had only been a few weeks since I'd gone. So I was like, I'm going to make this a quick one. But I know looking, uh, looking back into the line, I saw several of my teens in there who are about to be confirmed in like two days. So Mm. I was like, I really hope they get a chance to get in. So it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, but it's also kind of hopeful that there's so many people who are like willing to admit, Hey, we need reconciliation right now. We need this sacrament. So. Yeah, no, that is, that is great. And I'm sure too, like with things kind of maybe opening up from, uh, from COVID a little bit, maybe more people are having the chance to go, or this might be like the first time a lot of people have been willing to brave the going out into the church to go do confession. So it is, it is really cool to, to see that um, and to hear that really. So yeah. Any media you've been in taking? Of course. I'm always taking in media, even though we're supposed to be doing a media fast right now. So, you know, that's, that's speaking of sins, speaking of ways that we fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been re-watching a show that I love on Netflix called The Dragon Prince. Uh, so it's from the same creators of Avatar, The Last Airbender. And I've been introducing that to my roommates. And then I watched the Elton John biopic called mm. Rocket Man. So I hadn't seen okay. it, but I watched that. And then because of that, I was just listening to Elton John songs on repeat for like a week. Um, and then let's see been going back to word on fire so bishop barron's uh podcast and checking those out again because i'm a little behind on those been playing a little bit of the video game seven days to die which i've talked about here it's like a uh zombie apocalypse survival kind of game which is actually pretty fitting we talk about later foreshadowing yeah and lastly i've just been completely obsessed with uh james bay i i've liked him for for years but i've come back to listened to him recently the last couple weeks and just been playing his stuff on repeat. So big fan. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's pretty cool. I'm not super familiar with him, but. Um, he's cool. He, he's he's yeah. very good. I think you would like him. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about how we have similar like folk, folky, folky. Yeah. Folky sounding uh, musicians that, that we enjoy. I, th- I think you'd enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check them out. Very emotional. Um, okay. Yeah, I've never, I've never been emotional. Uh, uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so I have, for the most part, I was watching this show called Alone, which is what we're going to do the podcast on. And it's like this survival show. So I'll, I'll save that a little bit. But then I also recently bought um, the video game Crusader Kings 3. I have heard of this. Yeah. And so it's, you basically play as like a feudal Lord and it's really fun, but also like very frustrating um, Hmm. because it's pretty historically accurate. And there's like a lot of intrigue in the game. 
I, um, I can imagine and, that's probably how feudal lords described their role. Really fun, but sometimes really aggravating and frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, so it's, it's, it's pretty intense. Um, so I basically playing the, the guy, cause uh, the tutorial you play is a guy who's basically trying to unite all of Ireland to the kingdom of Ireland. That's, that's the tutorial. And so that's who I've been playing as. And so the whole awesome. thing is like, you have families, um, like you have your family. And as long as you have an heir, like, the game continues like your character will die, but like your heir will take over the throne. Uh, and so you just play through those generations. Well, I was playing it and I was doing really well. I united a bunch of like a uh, bunch of Ireland. And then I got into a war that I couldn't win because Dublin just has a massive army and they wiped the floor with me um, really quickly. And then, uh, then I, my whole family got struck by the bubonic plague because Ooh, the plague just hit Ireland. And I kid you not, Clint, everyone died. Like all of my counselors, my court, my whole family, except for one little guy who took over the throne at the age of four. That a boy. And that's, and that's who I'm currently playing as. He survived <laughs> the plague. He's a four-year-old. He just turned 17. He somehow survived all of the intrigue as a child. But... I bring that up because the show that I want to talk about is a show called Alone. And Alone is a survival show. And so I actually think it's a little bit fitting when you talk about confession for just this purpose. But the show Alone is the survival show. Uh, and it, the whole concept is that you have 10 survivors. And they're all survivalist experts in some facet. They're hunters or guides or something. Um, and they're dropped in the middle of the Arctic right before winter, uh, like a few days, maybe a couple weeks before winter hits and they have to build their own shelter, forage their own food. And they have like a med kit and they can bring 10 items with them, like a bow and arrow, like a fire starter, stuff like that. Um, and they have to build their shelter, forage their own food and, sur and basically survive as long as possible. They have weekly medical checks to make sure, like, so a couple of the people were actually pulled because they were losing too much weight. They weren't getting enough nutrients. Um, but the whole show really gears itself toward this, like, reliance on God and realizing that we're not always as in control as we think we are. Uh, and then it was reinforced with me because my entire dynasty of Irish kings was wiped out in this video game by the plague. And I was like, <laughs> that's actually a thing that happened historically. <laughs> Like people did die of the plague. Um, yeah, and so it was kind of cool to kind of, yeah. And it was cool to hear, like you talk about people, um, so many people in line for confession, because that's like a large group of people who realize their reliance on God. Mm -hmm. um, and so to, to get to the to show and the meat of it, um, you have all these people who have trained their whole lives to basically just survive, to, to be self-sufficient. Uh, and the, the winner gets $500,000, a half a million dollars. Um, and you have like a, it's usually most of the people, there seem to be a mix of like, cause it takes place in Canada. Um, and so there's like half the people are Canadian and like half the people are American that go down on this show. And um, it's interesting because in the first few episodes, you see a lot of people talking about how they have all this experience and they're going to survive to the end and nothing's going to, nothing's going to get in their way. They'll, they could be out there for, for months, you know, and there's not going to be any issue. Um, 
and it's very quickly that one of the characters uh, injures himself by like re-injuring his knee on like day four and realizing that um, despite all of the training he did, like something happened that he didn't have control over. Uh, And you see that sort of theme throughout the entire show that you have a lot of these characters who uh, are not characters, like real people, like all these people in the show, right. um, Come to realize that they're not really strong enough. And one of the characters named Barry who makes it really far. And actually I think he makes it into the top three, but he gets pulled because he weighs too little. But the entire time leading up, he's breaking down and realizing that he's always thought of himself as this guy who could do anything. And then he just eventually realizes that, um, that you can't, that you have to rely on other people. And he even says that he says, you can't, you can't just rely on yourself. Like you have to rely on other people. And, um, and I would argue that we ultimately have to rely on God, that God is the, the thing that we have to rely on. And so there's this dual sort of thing going on in the show for the most part. Uh, one of the guys is from San Antonio and he has all the food in the world. He has like the best shelter. He can stand up in his shelter, which no one else can. He like builds an actual cabin and uh, he's like, I have all the food. I have the, I have this shelter, but like I miss my family and like, it's just too hard to be out here. Like my kids are living their entire lives and I'm just, you know, like I'm just missing it. So he, he leaves for that reason. Um, but the main themes really that I see throughout the entire show from all of the characters is this breakdown of, I can't, I'm not, it doesn't matter how prepared I am, how strong I am, how tough I am, how knowledgeable I am. There are these other forces, outside forces that if I can't find food, then what am I going to do? Or if uh, my, you know, a uh, couple of their shelters catch on fire from the fires, a uh, couple one of the guys actually kills a moose, like hunts down and kills a moose and has That's all impressive. the food. Yeah. All the food he could ever want. And Wolverines come and eat all the fat and like eat all the meat, like mm. while he's sleeping. And he's like, I can't believe like I killed a moose and like, I am going to starve to death, <laughs> you know? Cause like I can't find food because these Wolverines came. Um, but every time on that show, one of the people like caught a, a rabbit, like a hare or a, um, a squirrel, they had complete gratitude. Like they were so thankful um, and not like, not really necessarily to God per se, because it's a very secular show and, and a lot of the people were very secular, but, but you could see their hearts recognizing that like there was something outside. So anyway, that's kind of where I want to open it up is to this whole dual like kind of on one hand you have, we have to rely on God and on the other hand, gratitude. Yeah, I had like 10 different thoughts throughout there. So we'll see how many of them I remember. So yeah, my, my first thought was going off of what, what you were just talking about with the gratitude and, and them not necessarily being religious people. I think that emphasizes the point of our show even more because it shows that even people who are secular and not thinking about God, they realize in this moment of need, we have this innate desire to be thankful to a being outside of ourself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just emphasizes the point of the show even more. Yeah. Um, and then what you're saying before about the people coming in with this mentality of I can do this, I can do this, or I've done all these different things. I'm assuming a lot of them probably had like a military background and stuff like that. And uh, it kind of reminds me of what we see a lot of times in mo- movies, like 
uh, I think uh, Captain America might have hinted at this. Uh, what's the um, the something Ridge, Hacksaw Ridge? Mm-hmm. Uh, different movies like that, different war movies where you see the people who you think are going to be the best soldiers oftentimes are actually the worst soldiers or the first ones to die. You know, mm-hmm. the big guy that's super tough and masculine. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, the people who are the best soldiers are the ones who had to really find their community, had to really work together and had to really uh, admit that they were not the best and had to work together as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of see that happening. It sounds like in this situation too, where it's called alone, even though they obviously have the camera crew and the medical crew and stuff like that, they're essentially alone and they're trying to do life apart from community, which we've talked about before, how we are innately as human beings made for community. That's why we thrive together in cities and in tribes and in families. We, we come together in these units, no matter what part of our history is as humans, we've always done that. Yeah. And that's why it's such an anomaly for people to go out and be monks and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or especially hermits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've talked about the Benedict option on here before, especially with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why that's such a, um, a strange thing, something that we're uh, not necessarily made for innately, but is something beyond ourselves that we have to uh, have, again, grace from God to even be able to do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that, that that's, that's something that really struck out with the show is that so often it was like, man, these people probably like, cause you know, they'd thank the universe or the, they'd thank the squirrel or they'd thank nature for like this food. But like, obviously we know that they're, they're thanking creation instead of like the creator. Um, but you could see like their right. hearts were and, trying. And even in that statement, even in that statement of saying creation, you're implying that there is something beyond that created creation. Right. So even, in, even just saying that. Right. And so it's, it's so, it's so interesting. And, um, and yeah, and I think that's sort of the core, right, is that the show's called Alone. And so um, they have a camera that they have to drag around with them because there is no camera crew uh, other than like, Oh, they yeah, record it themselves. They record everything themselves. So they're utterly okay. alone, which is, the, which is, I think, the kicker. And, um, and I think that that's probably why the show is harder. I think that if you drop 10 people, and you see that in like shows like Survivor, you drop people on an island, um, and you tell them to survive and like it's the games and like the them voting each other off the island that is what gets people to go home uh because when people band together we're you know we're made for communion we're made for that sense of community those games innately pin each other or pin people against each other Mm -hmm. and try to make it competitive and that's why people find it entertaining because it is so contrary to our nature yeah if it was doing what's in line with who we are and who we're made to be people wouldn't find it as entertaining because it's what we're supposed to do. You know, it's right. just what we are, should be used to, but I assume that they've got to be dropped in different locations. There's no way they'd be in the same location because they'd use the same resource. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're uh, I, I think that basically what ends up happening is they're each several miles from each other. Okay. Uh, so that would make sense. So they, I mean, I guess in theory, uh, if they wanted to try to walk and find each other, they, they maybe could. Um, but 
I, once you have a base, you're kind of just like, yeah, you mostly stay around trying there. to survive. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're trying to find food, I guess. Yeah. And so, and so for the most part, yeah. Um, it's, and it, it was just really kind of an interesting, interesting thing. One of the, one of the characters too, um, he basically focuses all of his time on, uh, on fishing and trapping and small game sort of stuff, uh, mostly fishing. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, I'm a student of the game and people generally don't get like a big moose or like this big payoff. Um, and so he's like, the people that win are these people who, who just kind of do the small things. And they're I patient. Yeah. yeah. They're patient. And, and, and they're not and basically they're little flowers. Yeah. And so that's actually, I kind of wanted to bring that up too, because it's, it's interesting because this particular season I happened to have a guy get a moose. Um, but for the most part, that doesn't happen. And so I think sometimes even in our spiritual lives or in our, our, our day-to-day life, our spiritual lives, we, we can't just like expect like some big moment, but that like winning the game, winning the race, uh, is about doing the very small things well. And that's like what he focused on. And he's the one who had the cabin. He's the one who had weeks worth of smoked food, but left Mm -hmm. because he missed his family is he probably would have won even over the guy with the moose um, because he was, but he just ultimately wanted to go home to see his kids. Um, well, it's, it's that idea of building a foundation yeah. uh, rather than looking for the instant gratification. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and we did Exodus 90 together with, mm-hmm. with Gordon and a bunch of other guys too. And that's a lot of what it talks about in there is rather than focusing on this big event, this big thing, try and build virtue a little bit every single day. Try yeah. and find that small thing every day that you can improve and improve and improve and improve. And if you, you like have something that contradicts that and you kind of like give into a vice or whatever, work back to that small virtue mm-hmm. and just keep going. And yeah. that's, that's where the, the, the holiness is, is found. And that's where you start to pursue that end goal. Right. And you, I like how you said that because St. Paul wrote about that too. Right run the race as, as if to win. He mm-hmm. loved comparing stuff to the race. Cause that's what people knew. That's what they're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, I thought it was really an interesting, uh, interesting show because almost every episode, these same things came by and, and were brought up that, um, that I think also like there was one, one last theme uh, here is there was one, one woman who made it, really far like in fact the people who made it really far in the show were the ones who were able to somehow find positivity like to be grateful in the small things so all the ones who were like found food and were like oh my gosh i'm so thankful i'm so thankful um or were able to sort of keep uh like keep their family in mind or keep like you know that if i get this money it's going to be for my family those are the ones who seemed to somehow make it the longest. There was this one woman who just endured so much stuff, but she just had this very positive, joyful attitude, even amidst like starvation. And so I thought that there was something there too about, you know, we are not, we're not called per se to like always, um, like obviously the path of the Christian Christ even says is going to be carrying our cross, right? That the path of the Christian is not always easy. Um, Christ in fact says oftentimes the world will 
uh, will hate us, that we'll have to carry our cross. Um, but even amidst those thorns, there's like a joy to be found in the Christian path. And so what I ended up kind of noticing in the show are that a lot of the people who, particularly at least the one woman, Nikki, like she had this joy even when she faced setbacks. And she actually was the character who faced the most setbacks. Like she caught her, uh, caught her shelter on fire. She, on like the second day, accidentally cut herself with her knife. She was out hunting and her like arrow stabbed into her leg. And so she just had so many like moments where she faced these trials and tribulations but she never lost her pep uh, and she like kind of remained joyful even in all those moments. And she ultimately was, was one of the final people to be, be out of the game. Uh, and she had to be pulled for medical reasons because she was just losing too much. She just had lost too much weight. But, um, but there was just something about like her attitude that you were like, man, she has had the hardest time I feel like out of anyone but she just has stayed in this game like so long. She has like persevered through the tribulation. Yeah. And this is kind of what I've been talking about for the last couple of months, I think of just how we as Christians have lost our hope and lost our joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that, as I've mentioned the last few weeks is I think it comes from a, um, like a moving away from the gospel, right? If we truly believe what we believe as, as Catholics and as Christians, that uh, we, we were created good, right? We fell from our this relationship with God because of sin, but he became man and he died for us and he conquered that sin and he conquered death. He's already won the battle. Mm-hmm. If we truly believe that, then joy and hope should be something that's a lot easier for us to find. And I'm not like trying to, to preach that. Like I need to hear that too. Yeah. But like, I feel like we as Christians in the 21st century have almost completely lost sight of that. A lot of yeah. us. And I think that's why it's so hard for us to be truly joyful and truly hopeful, even in the midst of this pandemic, like people should be able to look to us as Christians in this time and be like, wow, that is a beautiful joy, a beautiful hope that I don't have, but I want right now because I'm struggling. And I don't see that. I don't yeah. see that at all. Like my, myself included, like I am just as guilty. Yeah. So, what what's the point? Like what's different about us as Christians if we don't believe that and we're not living like we have something beyond, like you said, that woman was doing it for her family, right? They probably needed that money. Mm -hmm. So she had this external thing that she, she believed that there was this good thing that was possible and she was going for that. That's what Thomas Aquinas says. Hope is it's, it's a good that we perceive to be obtainable or uh, possible for us to experience. Yeah. And so if we truly believe that this is, there's something beyond this world, this, this time with eternity and in heaven with God. If we truly believe that to be possible and to have our sins forgiven, then we need to start living like it. Yeah, absolutely. Have that, have that joy and that hope. So yeah. I think that's something really relevant that, that we've lost. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's true. I mean, Christ says that, you know, that they'll know that we are followers of Christ or followers of Jesus because of our love for one another. Um, and I think that that love, it, it kind of encompasses this joy, right? And it's, it's not just our love for one another, but it's our, our love for Christ. It's our, our kind of Christian love for the cross, the, the love that we have to be able to endure um, just all these tribulations because of our love for, 
for God and for others, but more importantly, God's love for us and our knowledge of that love. Yeah. Yeah. And this actually thinks of something or reminds me of something else that I've kind of started off doing really well, but I've gotten so bad at recently. Um, whenever people ask like, how are you doing? A lot of the times my response, um, for, for a while, and, and I still do this, but let me explain how it's changed. So I, I like to say rather than just good or whatever, cause people usually say good, but not why Yeah, I would say like, rather than saying good, I would say I'm alive. And so that is good. Yeah. But it's kind of turned into like this sarcastic thing recently, especially in the last couple months where it's like, well, I'm alive. And it's kind of just like, well, whatever, you know, um, which is so dumb. Yeah. Like, this is directly at myself right now. Like, no, I am alive and that is good. Right. And so talking about this survival thing, right. They are literally just like, I'm alive and that is good. Yeah. And, and finding, finding gratitude in that. And rather than, um, I, I, there's a lot of uh, like cliche phrases and stuff that get tossed around in, in Christian speaking and stuff. But uh, the idea of not just surviving, but thriving in our faith. Yeah. Right. So are you at a point where you're just trying to survive, just trying not to leave the church or to abandon the church or to, to leave Christ in your relationship with him? Or are you at a point where you are trying to thrive in that relationship? Yeah. So are, are, are you, are you drowning? Are you, and if, if so, are you reaching for Christ or are you trying to swim by yourself? Yeah. Uh, I think those are important questions and maybe those can even come up for our challenges later on. Yeah. And, and in fact, I, I mean, that was pretty much all I had. So we can kind of move into, into that portion, but I, I have one more thing. Okay. Too okay. We well then, well then I'll say this before we get in there uh, into that, but yeah, I completely agree. That's actually something I've been praying about lately too is, um, is yeah, on one hand, uh, that we need to make sure that we're not just surviving, we're thriving. But like the first step to that is to just be able to abandon ourselves to God. Um, and yeah. in trust that like he actually cares about us enough and loves us enough to like give us what is best for us. Uh, and that he wants to fulfill yeah. the desires of our heart. Um, and so he's, he is, uh, he is not this like, he is a, he is a good God and like, there's nothing to be afraid of in following him. Um, and, and I think that's impossible for us to do when all we see is the negative. Yeah. So if you're not doing some kind of exercise of gratitude, yeah. you do turn off the news. Yeah. You'll be okay. Turn off the news yeah. and start practicing something, some exercise of gratitude. Yeah. Actually every day. something in psychology about that. Um, that is really interesting. So, oftentimes like people who have anxiety now there's a, there's a imbalance like in the brain, but those imbalances tend to be um, there tends to be deeper things. That's why people go to therapy, right? There are, there are thought distortions that are lending themselves to this. And I'm not, and, um, and, and I'm not saying anything against like mental illnesses cause they are real. Um, and there are people who have like legitimate like need uh, for psychosomatics, but, um, but there is something to be said about like anxiety kind of comes from the future and like depression kind of comes from dwelling too much on like the negative aspects of the past. Um, but God calls us to the moment. Uh, I would say despair rather than yeah, depression. Yeah. Yeah. But well, this despair. is just something a therapist once told me. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, but gotcha. um, like in a, in an actual like sort of sense, but um, 
but anyway, the re one of the things I wanted to, to bring up is, um, I actually kind of lost my train of thought, but, uh, no, you're totally good. Uh, it's fine. Um, but there was an aspect too of like that. Oh, I remember now. Um, the other thing too, is that depression as like depression that people who suffer from depression have the same number of positive and negative thoughts as somebody who is like, does not suffer from depression. Uh, the mm -hmm. difference is people with depression focus, tend to focus on the negative and ignore the positive aspects. Um, like ignore, basically ignore the, the positive thoughts and, and focus in on the negative thoughts. And so what they've found is the actual like solution towards depression is gratitude. It's focusing on those positive things. It's being thankful for the positive things and training our brains to have a spirit of gratitude. Um, and anyway, I just kind of wanted to, because I had learned that recently um, and thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so just going off of that real quick before I dive into my last, uh, last thought. Uh, recently, I was reading a couple of quotes by GK Chesterton that actually kind of tie into this. And I know you've read mm -hmm. GK. We've talked about him on the show before. Um, but he has these two quotes about being thankful. So I'll read them real quick. So the first one is the worst moment for an atheist is when he is really thankful and has no one to thank. And the second one is I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Uh, so you can kind of, reflect on those as you see fit, but I just thought mm -hmm. the gratitude aspect tied in a little bit. So the last thing that I wanted to say though, yeah, is that I think you know this, but I am kind of like an amateur survivalist. Like I taught survival stuff for, for several years. Um, and one of the things that I actually love and probably the thing that draws me to it the most is I've always loved nature. Um, yeah. But, and, and, and a lot of people, I don't mean to like D or to over spiritualize, nature necessarily but it's when you are stuck in creation and you're pulled away from all those other things you start to realize god's uh fingerprints right yeah um in in creation and, and all that those things I'm, I'm not saying i i've heard this said before where people try to say that uh praying in the woods or like being in the forest is the equivalent of being in adoration that's mm. not even close yeah and in fact that's her heresy right don't, don't say right um, the, the true presence of the Eucharist and the spiritual presence in, in the fingerprints is what I try to say, fingerprints of God through his creation. Mm -hmm. um, you can understand God through nature in the same way you can understand a painter through his painting. Right. Uh, but it's not the same thing as the painter himself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's something to that though. When you are trying to understand, not just like be in nature, but you have to truly understand nature and the human body really well to be able to be a survivalist, mm -hmm. right? If I misunderstand a single plant or animal or tool or my own body at any point, that could be death, yeah. right? And so it's super important that you understand really in depth the beauty of how God created these things. And I think the more we do that, we start to have a, an appreciation for the intelligent design, the creator beyond that. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the beauty of, of an animal, right. And, and the functions of, of, of a plant and the intricacy of the human body, it just, it blows my mind. And the more I think we learn about that as survivalists, I think the more appreciation 
uh, comes from that. And that kind of goes full circle to what we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so with that, that's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, um, I guess my challenge is to do something. Um, well, one, I think that, that my first challenge is to, to offer up prayer of thanks this week, uh, that, that we should start to, um, I think oftentimes it's, it's very easy to kind of treat God like he's just like a wish list or a genie and just like ask for petitions and petitions are a wonderful form of prayer. But I think that prayers of gratitude uh, to have prayers of thanks, uh, Thanksgiving um, this, this week to build a spirit of gratitude um, and to, to maybe take stock of our spiritual lives because something I wanted to say earlier that, you know, I, I was just talking to, to Maddie about this today, but, um, you know, our faith lives are, are kind of like a tree, right? And so a tree is either growing and getting bigger or it's withering and it's dying. Uh, that we cannot remain uh, complacent or just in place in our spiritual lives. And so I think that that just take stock of your spiritual life this week and, and sort of grow in it. And perhaps one of the areas to grow is in gratitude. Yeah. And that goes back to humility too. What we talked about at the beginning, because you need to be hum truly humble if you're going to actually make that assessment fairly. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think my challenge is to not be alone. Yeah. Right. So you can have your, your alone time, but even in that, as we talked about, on the avatar episode, realize that even when you're lonely, you're not truly alone. Yeah. Right. Um, so take that time with God, but take that time with your community. I think that's something that we've lost a lot of in the last mm. six months. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for us to have that. Like we said, as human beings, we're made for community. We're made for family. And the more we pull that apart, the more we're going to suffer as people and we're going to lose that connection to that joy and that hope. So make sure that you take time this week to really invest in community in a safe way. And I think we've found plenty of ways to do that at this point where we can socially distance and still be safe and, and in small groups and stuff right. like that. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into shout outs, but then we have a major announcement. Uh, we should have said this at the beginning, but stay tuned. We, we have a really, really big announcement. We want everyone to get to hear. Yeah. So do you have any shout outs, Steve? Uh, I don't have any shout outs this week. Uh, do you? I do. So like I said at the beginning, in two days, uh, I have almost a hundred teens and adults who are going to be confirmed at my parish. And we have been working our butts off to be able to make that possible uh, in the midst of all these regulations for COVID. So it's going to happen. A lot have obstacles. A lot of obstacles have happened but they are going to get confirmed in two days and I'm super excited for them. So shout out to them. Please pray for them as they become fully initiated into the Catholic church. Cause it's super exciting. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump into our major announcement. Uh, so this is, uh, this is the first time we've, we've really uh, announced this other than to our patrons. We did let them know a little bit ahead of time. Um, but we are, uh, we are officially going to be taking a sabbatical at the end of this season of the show. So we're not entirely sure what that's going to look like yet. Um, but we have um, just over a month left of this show. So it's going to 
um, this season ends on October 17th. So that'll be the last episode of season three. And during that time, we're going to take some time to uh, get our own lives and ministries in order. Uh, we are all kind of exhausted at this point with different um, roles that we've been put in and just trying to adjust our own lives, careers, uh, relationships, and ministries. So we're going to take some time to get all that in order. Uh, we may be coming back to the show. So if you enjoy this show and you want more of it, please let us know because your, your opinion matters and we want to know if people want more of this content. Um, otherwise we're going to invest more in the other ministries in our lives. So please let us know if this is something that, that you really want. That also doesn't mean that we're going to be completely absent during that time. I know we plan on doing a lot of small projects that we had wanted to do for a long time, but just never had the time to like our YouTube channel (laughs) needs to finally be updated, uh, some stuff on the, the website. And then of course I'm hoping to drop out a few, um, guest episodes every once in a while not regular every week but every once in a while and we'll still be dropping out old episodes as well that you guys can listen to in case you miss them in the past so stay tuned for those we're not going to be completely gone but we do need to take this break to uh, kind of pray and discern what this show is going to look like next yeah please pray for us we're praying for you as always you can get in touch with us via our social media twitter at on the adventure two facebook the christ and culture our website is probably the best way to do that it's the christinculture.com you can find all the information there um yeah i i think that's it pray for us we're yeah. praying for you and thank you thank you so much for listening for being a part of the show uh we we can't say that enough uh we do this because we want to be able to serve uh and and share this kind of element of the gospel i guess yeah uh, these little snippets as, as bishop Barron said the, the seeds of the word is what he called it um and we're here to hopefully do that with you and so you can embrace that in our culture and find the good parts of that and share that with others yeah. so hopefully this show has been a gift for you we want to keep offering that to you and as best as we can um but please pray for us yeah and for you thank you for joining us on this amazing adventure the last couple of years and we have a few more episodes left so don't leave us yet stick with us for another month and they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh, just have to echo uh, a lot of the gratitude that Clint has said. Um, obviously a few years ago, we were just a couple of youth ministers that had an idea. Um, and it's been such a blessing um, in my life. And, and I think it, that our friendship has really blossomed because of it as well. And uh, just to kind of see the listeners and, and the interactions that we've had. And so it's been, it's been a beautiful and wonderful time and I'm just perpetually grateful for it. And I'm grateful for all of our listeners. Um, and yeah, just please, as he said, please continue to pray for us and know that, that we're always praying for y'all and, um, and we'll, uh, thanks for joining on the adventure thus far. Um, and we, we look forward to, uh, joining you on the rest of the adventure, um, which is the, the call to holiness. So, amen. Yeah, at the risk of being a cliche, the adventure has just begun. Right. All right. Thank you guys, and we will see you next week.